Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo, or at least one of them. It kind of depends and probably some rando too, but no complaining because this is free, free, free. This, this is beauty and the beta bonus audio content. Hello and welcome to the show. Tonight I was a guest on Quite Frankly, which was a great time. Frank hosts a nightly stream talking news and politics and current events and outer space and whatever else much like we do on this show. It was great to connect with Frank for the first time. I know we have a fair amount of audience crossover and I hope we'll work together more in the future if you like what you hear. And I hope that you will. Check out Quite Frankly at quitefrankly.tv. You can find the link in the description thanks for listening and enjoy i was so tempted to wear that shirt tonight matt <laughs> well i was kind of hoping we weren't are we live right now or are we just we're not no, we're live yeah oh we are live okay yeah. well uh yeah i was kind of hoping to surprise you with that uh we had to do the sound check beforehand so the surprise was busted <laughs> but uh okay but yeah so uh, i'm glad we appreciate we, i'm glad we have similar taste in shirts i love it I yeah. love it, man. Well, well, I guess the first question I want to ask you is, are you ready for the Boogaloo? <laughs> I don't know. Can I say that without being rated or, or something like that? What or is it, let me ask you this. Do you prefer Boogaloo or Flugaloo? Oh, oh, I didn't see. I, I wasn't even up to uh, up to par and up to date with all of the new variations that has the Boogaloo. That's amazing. Yeah. I, well, you do. Uh, on our show, on, on my stream, we talk about what the appropriate what the appropriate scope of self-defense is that's really the question here mm. um when you're talking about the boogaloo or or when you're justified in terms of defending yourself in um you know you use the ter- like a civil war scenario that's what they get all uh, you know people get all mad about for even saying but the reality is there comes a time when your rights are being infringed to a degree that you are justified in defending yourself that's what we're talking about and the boogaloo which is my preference i mean we we are entering a near perfect cocktail here where your civil liberties are being severely curtailed and your livelihood is being severed. So, mm. oh, so yeah. uh, not a lot left after that. You got no money and your rights are cut off as well. Uh, that's a bad recipe. No, it is. It is. And I'll tell you, I, I first started watching, I was telling you before the show, I, I first started watching your channel probably around the time that things started getting progressively worse and in very visible ways out there in Portland when yeah. Portland police allowed Antifa to pretty much start directing traffic and all that stuff out there too. But now, man, geez Louise, you just look at what we're talking about on, on a week like this week, Washington Post calling up random people's mothers, uh, <laughs> news networks refusing to cover White House press conferences because they can't spin it in real yeah. time. And then, of course, as you were just talking about with limiting of um, of rights, Californians are suddenly shocked that now it's too hard to obtain a gun yeah. when, when they really need it. Imagine that. I appreciate you sharing that Washington Post story, too. I had not seen any of that oh my until God. you had shared it. But yeah, this, this reminds me of uh, going after this, the guy who made the, CN, uh, the, the Trump meme uh, where Trump was like body slamming CNN or wrestling CNN. Yep. Reminds me of that. So I got to read this article. Is the guy they went after just a, he's just a guy, just some citizen. He has no notoriety, no public 
That's it. He's a, a fame four year old uh, lawyer that I, I, I thought I was like, OK, well, what part of the government does he work in? Is he a mm-hmm. Trump appointee? What's what's the catch here? And there is no catch. They just wanted they picked somebody. It's almost like being a traffic cop and sitting there and everybody is 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 uh, driving past. There's a car. Fifteen cars just went by you at uh, 75 miles an hour in a 65 mile an hour zone. And you just pick one. Yeah. That's it. Well, and what he's saying, you can you can try to dissect what he's saying. Is it too insensitive or not? But I feel like I'm taking crazy pills all the time because ever since these crackdowns have started, all I've been talking about is the trade-offs here, that if you intend to halt the economy, that will have severe, severe impacts for everyone's livelihood. And it will cause, I don't know if it'll cause death, but it's going to cause people's lives to be very seriously impacted to a very negative degree. And if you talk about that side of this reality at all, all of a sudden you got all these people jumping down your throat. I can't believe you want my grandma to die. Are you going to execute my grandma personally? Which one of my family do you want to die? And I'm just thinking like, okay, well, which member of my family do you want to be laid off? Which member of my family do you want to not be able to afford their home anymore? And it's really frustrating because it's like the accusation from these people who won't let you talk about that side of the equation is that you're uncompromising, that you're not considering life and protecting life. From my perspective, those are the people who are totally uncompromising, that they see this as as simple as shut off the economy, everyone lives magically, and then we just turn the economy back on with a switch. That's not the way this is going to work. And uh, I worry that, we're, that we're, we're too far deep into this already, man. You were showing some of the, some of the unemployment filing statistics that were out today. That's I mean, my God, how do you just turn that back on? I don't know. I don't know. And I think they know that, I think they know that the, the, the flipping the light switch on and off and the, the complete disruption of even just everybody's normal flow. This is going to be as draggy as coming out of the longest vacation any of us have had since, I don't know, since we were in grammar school school and we got the entire summer off you yeah. know they're, they're they're talking about uh, 20 week layoffs uh, the, the other that other one uh talking about uh, having to switch on and off with with intermittent periods of quarantine and when you're talking the uh, you mentioned the the real disconnect from what the economy really is and i i think that's the, the one of the bigger problems with them economically is that they equate most people on the left or most people who think this way or don't think at all they usually equate talk about the economy with Wall Street. And and that's why they always are baffled when it, the only businesses that could ever survive their health care mandates, the EPA regulations, the minimum wage increases are the giant corporations they supposedly hate so much. Yeah. I mean, this, this is why I call them the party of Anakin Skywalker, because they want to fix death itself. They want to fix the human condition itself. And yes. they don't care how many people they have to kill to be able to do it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think uh, I, I was talking about my my dad. I was talking with my dad a lot this week because we both feel like we are, we're of a similar unspeakable perspective on this. Part of it is the reality that we both live in Montana. I mean, our state is under statewide order as of today to shut down. We have something like 90 cases in this state and one person, count him, one guy hospitalized. So we're going to sacrifice our entire economy for what is clearly not an emergency in our state. Now, I know in your state, it's much different. But um, but yeah, this whole this whole thing is getting very frustrating. One of the things we've been talking about is, isn't it amazing how 
the greatest catastrophes are always the product of the people who are so foolish as to believe they can control everything in that way mm. that we can just strike down and eliminate the world's evils. If we just seize up all the power and put it in one centralized trusted authority, if only the world worked that way, unfortunately it doesn't. And you end up doing a lot more damage by trying to correct some of the dangers that are inherent to the world. Mm. Mm. And, and you know, George Carlin, are you a fan of George Carlin? Uh, casually, I can't say that I'm a connoisseur of his work, but I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, it's either, either way. He he once pointed out that uh, you you can't take rights away from people who actually have rights if they are in fact rights. But what yeah. you can take away are privileges that we have. We have been given privileges here, and we're, it's being it's being very um, it's being laid out before us that at least the people who are uh, have their hands on the the wheel of power over here and and or hands on the lever is uh, they, they believe that these are, in fact, privileges. And I, I think that you nailed that down perfectly from a few angles in your video about uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick from Texas. And I, I put that in the interesting shite playlist, everybody. I shared it on Twitter today. You really got to watch it. It's only eight minutes long. It really is fantastic. Well, thanks. Thanks for putting the word out. I appreciate that. And yeah, doesn't it feel like that right about... It feels like the permission slip has been taken away as opposed to... These are your rights, and the burden is on the government to ever demonstrate why they would need to restrict them in the first place. Instead, it feels like the government's decided that, you know, we're going to have to take away your good boy privileges for a little while. I just fundamentally reject that, uh, that framing or that, that structure of government. I keep trying to look at angles for positivity and trying to stay optimistic and look at silver linings throughout this because otherwise i'll go insane um one of them as you mentioned i think is is people being slapped with harsh doses of reality in terms of oh whoa the police might not actually protect me if i if i need them to maybe maybe guns aren't actually uh maybe people do actually need those maybe i should actually get a gun you see those runs in california the other thing that i i, I hope happens and I don't know if it will, because as far as I can tell, these stay-at-home orders are just kind of like scare the people into compliance. I haven't seen – maybe you have. Correct me if I'm wrong. But have you, have you seen people being arrested on the streets or even cited for being out and about? I've Matt, not. Matt, i got to say that there, there are – my brother and I were talking about it just uh, before I went live over here. Uh, we've seen more people – enjoying the sunshine in our in our our neighborhood parks than we usually do in the spring yeah. well if if it gets to that point you have garcetti in la and others saying like do what i say or i'll turn off your power or your water or otherwise punish you another silver lining i hope happens here is that we get some kind of legal challenge and i want the supreme court to address this issue i want to know the next time this comes around what uh, what is uh, what can state and local governments or even the federal government do constitutionally to restrict your rights in a time of a pandemic or a time of quarantine or whatever? Because right now we're kind of freestyling it because the court has never really addressed that question uh, specifically, kind of danced around it in a few different ways or touched it tangentially. <laughs> but um, but I would love to get some rules from the Supreme Court. So we don't do this next time because what we're seeing, I, this is what bothers me, you know, places like your state where Cuomo, I think has a, a more serious situation to deal with. Obviously, I, you know, I can understand why he's doing some of the things that he's doing. Problem is places like my state, where, as I said, there's hardly anybody sick and one guy in the hospital. We have these gutless governors like mine who won't stand up there. They don't have the balls to stand up there and say, you know what? Uh, not that big of a deal in my state right now. We're mostly we're going to take precautions. 
we're going to take precautions, but we're not going to sever people's livelihoods because 90 people are sick. None of them have the guts. I really want to see just one, but that, that's the problem. One person stands up and suddenly they're the next Dan Patrick. Suddenly the mobs after them and they don't want that. So they're just gutless. I, I just think there's, there's gotta be more Dan Patrick's then. I mean, yeah. cause it's not to, to back off of that would be for Dan Patrick to, to, to be admitting that he's wrong in some way when the only thing is wrong is the spin is the interpretation. And you, you were saying it there too. And it always comes down to a false dichotomy with, with people um, that are, that are trying to chop up whatever the, uh, the issue of the day is and make it work for them. The false dichotomy is always, you know, if you're if you're concerned about economic costs brought on by mandatory unemployment, okay, yeah. government imposed unemployment, then you're selfish and you want people to die. It's the same way that they sell health care that doesn't work. It's the same way that they sell education that doesn't work. It's the same way that they sell environmentalism that doesn't work. It's the same con over and over again. There's only ever one play and it's these false dichotomies. There's, 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 and, and of course, at that point, um, it, it really just gives you a bigger, a, a deeper view into the type of people that you're dealing with. Because if there is no gray area, then you're not working or uh, addressing people who actually want to share a nation with you and consider that nation to be free. Yeah. If there's only one or the other and they control both options, it's ridiculous. And the idea that Dan Patrick was being selfish anyway. I mean, what the guy is saying is, listen, for me personally, if I had to take a little bit more risk into my personal life, if it means that my children's future is going to be better off. Yeah, 100 percent. I'm taking that risk. That's all he's saying. And that's that's what bugged me, too, is like even even beyond the issues of how dangerous is this medically and how badly damaged is our economy. It's like what he's saying fundamentally is what any good dad would say. Mm. And he's being just raked for it. Uh, what, what do you want him to say? Like, yeah, you know, uh, I don't care if my children have a horrible future as long as I get five more years of like drinking a Bud Light on the porch or something. What, what is he supposed to say? <laughs> he, he, people want to interpret it as Dan Patrick's going to take my mom out of the nursing home and wheel her into like a coronavirus mosh pit. That's what they that's what they think. When in reality, he's just saying, listen, this is how I would make the calculation for me personally. This is the way I think we might uh, we might want to think about it. You know, I I totally I agree with you on that one, and I and that's and that's all I saw. And then of course the the um, the difference between how it's being received and how it's being put on out there is just typical at this point, and it's eye rolling and it's exhausting because how much more can we scream? But um, they 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 have like inexhaustible reserves of energy when it comes to making themselves look like these these just these harridans. I cannot stand it anymore, and um, and and I think that's that goes toward. A little bit more of that that last point or a, a couple of points ago about actually thinking that you can cure humankind of all of its inherent ails that you can you can you can take prejudice out of the human heart you can regulate the human heart and the human mind you can make all things equal all the results in the world are equal even though everybody's effort and everybody's interests are going to be different it's like it's so obscene and it makes you it it makes perfect sense as of as you know as of what we're watching going on every day and in this case we're watching people as you were just so succinctly pointed out, that are willing to give away any idea of a future for winning something, whatever the prize may be, right now. 
Yeah. It's it's everything is so temporary and short sighted. I I don't think they even really understand what they're asking for and what arguments they're making. Well, yeah, all of it seems so foolishly optimistic or just disconnected from reality to me. Like right now I'm seeing on Twitter trend hashtag rent freeze 2020. And this is sort of the same thing with that, that happened with a lot of the debate about the, uh, the stimulus package and how much money is going to go to individuals versus businesses versus Nancy Pelosi's pet projects or whatever. And it's very tempting to look at these sort of things. Oh, everything will be just fine. If we just ban if we just stop rent payments and stop mortgage payments for a year or whatever it is they're asking for six months okay it's the same thing with wall street though oh we just, we'll just screw over those wall street guys that's fine you freeze rent what happens okay it's tempting to think that your landlord or your the banker who handled your mortgage is a monopoly man with a with a scrooge mcduck pool <laughs> in his back room he's not he a lot of people depend on that income for their own livelihood. You know, in my case, the, the mortgage I pay, that's going to a bank down the street. Uh, they are a business, too. They have uh, families to take care of. They have operational costs that they have to fill. Where's that money going to come from if I'm not paying them for my house? It's not just as simple as, oh, these people with an infinite supply of money are going to be dinged for you know a, a small percentage of it. We are all interdependent. It's very easy to try to cast, to just believe that it's a whole bunch of um, fantastically rich people controlling everything. We'll just ding them a little bit and everything will be fine. It doesn't work that way, man. This, this stuff is, uh, it, it just lacks a basic understanding of how our economy works. Hence it being trashed in real time before our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they don't understand the, the concept of entropy either. That uh, where where energy is is just going to be used up at one point or another. If you throw a ball inside of a box, it's going to have a couple of good bounces, but eventually it's going to spend itself out. And if you take away what you're just ta- talking about there, artificially freezing something like rent or anything on anything else, what you're doing is you're taking away flexibility from the marketplace. Where mm-hmm. a, a, a a landlord, which I know that they've been getting. This 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 kill a landlord um, trend. I've been seeing everybody's going after. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Oh, actually, kill that was in the. Oh, holy I've been cow. people going nuts with uh, going after landlords, like you said, like they have a Scrooge McDuck, uh, you know, a, a, a pool of of gold pennies and stuff like that, and pretty much nobody understands. I, I said it last night with my with my buddy Rob and Abe when we were talking about. Um, we were talking about life and and how this time off that we've been given from this uh, this coronavirus and all the government mandated shutdowns, it's it's almost like a bittersweet glimpse into a world. I said last night, a world that could be and a world that should never be at the same time. What could be hmm. is that if we have real real um, you know strides in free energy. In energy that can be produced cleanly and, and it can be produced without this huge infrastructure. Obviously, you got to move away from it. There's a lot. There's trillions of dollars invested into it. But if you think about what the cost of energy alone factors into everything, everything, whether you know, even if it, either uh, even uh, other utilities like water that takes energy to get it to pump to you, that all factors into rent. That all factors into everything that we do in our lives. And if the market is inflexible. All of those things can't adjust with each other. And yeah. if, if prices go up, then what are you telling a, uh, a landlord? You can't raise your rent even though – so they have to operate at a loss? How can they even maintain the building at that point? You know, it's, it's 
um, I, that's why I say all of these overreaching solutions to freeze everything and try to paint the world as if it's a still frame of of something that you think that could be sustainable for generations. It's it's so it's so foolish and it's magic yeah. thinking. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been. I've taken flack from some people in my own audience, and, and I say that respectfully because a lot of people disagree on or, or have different levels of worry about this sickness. And I, I've been a little more skeptical about this thing uh, the whole time. It's going to be what I worry about is that, that we are inflicting this damage on ourselves in, an, uh, in a, an historical scale, an unprecedented scale for what might amount to nothing. And I say that with full acknowledgement that, you know, I, I'm not medically qualified to make that judgment, but we're seeing some uh, studies come out now. I don't know if you saw some of the news today about, uh, so you had, you had the um, Imperial school in London or the Imperial college in London, who has now revised their estimate uh, of fatalities in the UK, I believe from 500,000 down to 20,000 potentially. There's also a study out of Oxford that is forecasting that potentially tens of thousands of people have already had this thing or, and are already immune to it. We'll find out more about that as some testing, uh, testing uh, uh, abilities develop a little bit further here. But if we end up in a sort of situation where this thing amounts to something on the scale of a seasonal flu, even maybe a severe seasonal flu, and we have destroyed what was a roaring economy to curtail that sort of thing. Um, that is going to be absolutely horrific. Like, I don't want to look back and say like, ha ha told you so or something like that's, that's awful. And I really worry that we are, we are headed towards something like that. that would, I guess, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that obviously it's also awful if people die on the scale that was originally forecasted. And a bad economic outcome is, is, is equally terrible, too. But now we've, we've done such damage that at least one of those things is a certainty. Yeah. There's okay. no going back on this economic damage now. So it's like, if it's, if it's anything other than catastrophic for how this disease plays out, we, we really overplayed it. We really overreacted and, and I'm, I'm with you on that one there, too. It's like, at this point, with how the die has been cast, you're... You know, who the hell in their right mind would ever want to, oh, well, this disease better be worth it. There, there better be bodies. There better be sufficient enough bodies to, to, uh, you know, to, to justify what we've done to each other uh, economically. It, it's, it's, it's awful. It gets you into these, these, um, these subjects of conversation that you don't even want to go anywhere near because there's really no yeah. way to even talk about it. But at the same time, I am thinking about that stuff. There's other things that don't make me um, – there's other things that don't make me really um, – uh, it doesn't sit right with me. Like right now, I saw the other headline that whereas the UK has downgraded this thing, um, over here in the US, apparently we are now the world leader in infections. And okay. I'm trying to – Balance that out with this ongoing thing that we don't have any tests. How the hell are we? Are we? Are we? Even, do we even know this? And then there's something well, else, Matt. I, I have. Go ahead. Well, the one thing I was going to say is people emphasize that statistic too. We are also a very high population country, so obviously we're going to have more cases than say a lot of countries in Europe or countries elsewhere where they have you know 10 percent of our population. China. So the, yeah. The, well. Uh, do, do you trust any of the Chinese no, statistics? I don't. I just I throw those out personally. 
But uh, but yeah, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. I, I was just going to throw one more thing in here. This is a uh, an archived archived MSN. Where the well, I don't know what the uh, the actual date is. This is the other thing that's that's popping up for me. Let's see what the date is. I I don't know. I think it was about a week ago, a couple of weeks ago. It's archived MSN.com. Second corona patient dies in Lehigh Valley. He was 61 mm-hmm. and from Warren County. Uh, this is by Nick Falzone, the Express Times, Easton, Pennsylvania. And and here's the thing that 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 popped up for me in the middle of this. It's in the second paragraph down. I'm, I'm going to read you the first the first two things here. Man who was not identified from wa- uh, from Washington Borough, according to the advisory from the borough, uh, Lehigh County Coroner Eric Minich confirmed the patient died Friday night at St. Luke's University Hospital in Fountain Hill. He said the primary cause of the man's death was a head injury from a fall at home, but that virus may have contributed to the death. May what- have contributed? Did he corona faint and fall? Like what? This is what I'm saying, and, and the headline says second coronavirus patient dies in Lehigh Valley. Well, this is this is the sort of thing you got to wonder about. And I had an emailer ask me this earlier today. I don't have a, I don't have a good answer for it. Um, he was curious, like, is there a way we can find out specific information about these thousand deaths that we have now? And surely there'll be more in the coming days. Um, part of that is part of that reality is just you know health. health records are legally protected in a lot of ways. You, you can't just access an individual's health record and learn that information. Mm. Maybe you could kind of piece it together with news stories in the way you're describing. But the other side of this is I don't doubt that there are people in this country who can access or know that information. And it's not necessarily being reported because I, I'm sure it has a lot of inconveniences in the way you're describing. That is to say that it's not just that it's the very uh, elderly who are dying. It's not just that people who have a whole series of complications and comorbidities that make them vulnerable anyway. But I, I suspect there are probably a lot of cases like you're describing where it's stacked on conveniently like that. Like this guy, I mean, that guy that you're talking about, what do, what do we even, so he, he had a, a fatal fall and they test him for coronavirus. What does that mean? That did he have it and he recovered? I and then fell later? I mean, if, if, if that's the case, then obviously you don't count him as a coronavirus fatality. But that's another thing the emailer was, at, was asking. Do we have, is there one set of objective criteria for what counts as a coronavirus fatality? Or is it just a guy who encountered it at one point happened to die later in the way you're describing? Or, or, or like you said, did it compound an already pre-existing problem? Even if yeah. that problem was falling off a ladder when you're when you're <laughs> replacing some shingles, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, and and here's the thing that that gets me, Matt, because uh, I don't obviously I, I don't I don't want to sit here in complete paranoia and distrust of everything we read, but in maybe in another timeline. It would be a lot easier just to take what's coming out of the news, but w- w- the behavior that we have that is being exhibited at this point is very politically pointed. There is a, oh, an sure. objective that is – they're trying to achieve an objective. So it, it, it you know, to, to, for people like you and I and everybody that's watching right now and talking in chat rooms all over the internet, for everybody doing the speculating and, and, and the debating that they're doing, it's like the only thing that we're ever really left with with, with doing. We, we are we, – we, we should res- reserve our right to speculate because – Everything else is in such bad form. It's presented to us in such bad form. Yeah, I, I'm not so cynical as to believe that, uh, you know, I like going down some of the, the tinfoil 
rabbit holes and like i was reading an article earlier about how like this whole thing is a creation for political purposes or something like that obviously i, I don't go that far but it, it's not so cynical as to observe people obviously uh, the the nakedly obvious truth of people maximizing this event for political purposes. Uh, what else was Nancy Pelosi doing this last week? I mean, I can't... <laughs> the fact that this bill is still... Uh, has taken as long to get through as it has while we debate silliness like airline emissions and diversity quotas on on corporate boards and all this other BS. These There's plenty of people who are who are trying to maximize the political opportunity here. And I don't often use things like, I don't often use words like disgusting or, or sick or immoral or those sorts of things. Cause usually those are kind of emotional arguments to me, but here's what I will. This is why I think that this has um, become, has, has entered the realm of the immoral. I mentioned that in my last video, it's because fundamentally the government has stopped people in the millions from pursuing their livelihoods, thus damaging them, and is now holding up uh, the the uh, is now holding up repairing that damage with a whole series of political demands. I mean, it's like it's like they you know they 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 destroy your house and then before they repay you for that destruction, they they take someone hostage and say, okay, here's a list of demands um, before I'll actually pay for the destruction I did on your house. So you know make a cleaner analogy than that but you get what i'm saying that's not actually repairing the damage that you did that's just more crime on top of what you've already done and that's that's why i that's why this particular episode i find to be um worse than just your your typical political debate this is um this is damaging the american people and then holding them hostage after you've done the damage and i find that to be particularly uh awful personally well awful is a good adjective um i I, I, I get I very get very colorful with my with my choice. Sure. Well, sure. This is a very colorful show, so that is very reserved for the normal viewers of this show. I, well, I, I I heard you before I came on. You were cautioning your listeners again, you know, to to uh, be kind in the chat. So as I, I don't know if you meant so as not to offend me or something like that. But you got to hear my chat, man. We had we need to have a your chat versus my chat war for who can say the most outlandish, absurd things. Oh. I, I would not count my team out. <laughs> That's great, then. They're, yeah. they're going to get together. They're going to get on, uh, you know, famously, then. Yeah, they. I, there's a lot of overlap too, and that's that's why you know I'm glad that we we made this connection. There's a lot of people that uh, that I know enjoy your show and enjoy uh, my stuff too. So it's good to be good to be here. Well, you know what? There's more. There's more of that coming. I'm sure it's going to be a busy year, and I'm I'm always glad to make new friends. So let's uh, you know what? Let's let's go to silver linings then. I, sure. I, I, what do you now? I have a couple of silver silver linings. I've seen them. A lot of people make the similar observations. I uh, I don't know. I we're, what do you see out of this coming out of this that you think is is really good? Is it more so on a media exposure side? How much do we need to see of them to know that they're mm. hacks? But uh, what what else do you think that this uh, I think the number one thing for me. So I mentioned guns. I mentioned potentially a Supreme Court case that might iron out some of this uh, ambiguity on what's going on here. So those are obvious to me. But just broadly speaking, uh, the the way this is a slap of reality. To a lot of people who are otherwise debating absolute bullshit issues. What I mean is that like a lot of the stuff we've seen coming from the progressive left about diversity and gender pronouns and all this politically correct crap. Suddenly, everyone's going to realize very quickly, those are luxury issues. No one actually gives a shit about those. Uh, and, and I think, you know, we'll pro- I don't think that's going to be repaired before people are voting 
in um in november that you know unfortunately but uh, but um but yeah that that the way that reality slap will uh break a lot of fantasies is a good thing so obviously you know i I like to see lines of people in california trying to get guns because they realize oh shit the police might not actually take care of me another another big slap of reality uh, what does this say to people on the fence about issues like borders Mm. are we really just going to have uh hordes of people flood across the border unchecked is that really a good idea in the age of um you know viral pandemic in addition to all the other problems it causes now here's i was uh, talking with another youtuber this morning and he brought up the point that i thought was interesting um now that we have unemployment and massive unemployment into the mix i mean how are we going to justify immigration at all really uh, the, the the implications here that you have potentially 20% of Americans out of work, who knows? But the idea that we're just not going, that we're not going to police our borders, not only for viral reasons, but for the the reasons of protecting the American worker and making sure that it's American workers filling American jobs. Uh, that is a huge concern. And then the thing I look forward to, to, the one lesson I've learned, I know a lot of people have talked about this, so I'm not breaking news or anything, but I had no idea how much uh, how much of our critical goods come from China? So whether it's our government deciding to punish China or me personally, I'm trying to think how I will change how I operate. Um, obviously, this has impacted pretty much everyone's life negatively now. And I know for sure, as someone who is not a super scrupulous shopper before, um, I'm going to be looking at labels. And when it says made in China... I'm going to think really hard about whether I want to buy that or whether I want to pay a buck or two extra to get an American made good that made in America label to me. I mean, it mattered before. I'm not saying it didn't, but it really matters to me now when I go shopping personally. So those are a few things that I see as, as a net benefit in the end is once we get through this thing. Oh yeah. And it, it's, it's even, even made in Italy is something you can't trust anymore. Now you know how much yeah. of the Chinese are behind the Italian manufacturing um, scenario out there too. And I, I'm, I, I agree with you on that, on that stuff. I, I almost feel like this kind of a, a wake up and smell the roses, smell the coffee kind of a moment is something that makes you automatically moderate on some issues. And I, I was saying that before in just looking at the Democrat field right now, which um, is is really pathetic and con- totally contrived. But when you watch when there was more people up there before Super Tuesday, when everybody there were still about six or seven people on on the ballot uh, for these primaries. Uh, it was a constant one-upsmanship kind of a scenario where people were trying to out-radical the person next to them. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the pundits on television were even a little bit spooked by this, especially with the surging nature of Bernie Sanders and his campaign. And I said to myself, well, what, what do you expect them to do if Democrats – because you know the Republican Party is not a very conservative party. They're objectively better than the Democrat Party if you're talking about personal liberty and any kind of economic uh, reform, any kind. I'm, just, I'm talking about just an objective difference, not that they are a, a great alternative. But sure. if, if, the, if Democrats moderated even just a little bit in certain areas, they would be Republicans. So they can't – so if they're, if they're trying to differentiate themselves – it's going to be really interesting to see how people react to the all of those really naked issues right now that it is obscene 
to look at immigration in the way we still we have been doing or the, the way that the, the conversation has been um, held in this country for years now. It's obscene to to say that anybody talking about the investments that we have made in China and the things that we have surrendered to China over the years is not a just a, a conspiracy theory. It's not something to worry about anymore. So many things have been taken off the table. It, it's almost impossible to defend. So uh, it would be interesting to see how that translates into people's voting habits and it translates into uh, candidates who um, who temper their stances on things, knowing that if there's any moderation on the Democrat side, they're going to make themselves uh, make almost you know de facto alliances with people that ha- they have characterized as subhuman for all <laughs> You know, it, it's really yeah. be interesting. That is going to be interesting to watch. And it'll be even more interesting to see if Joe Biden can assemble those thoughts into coherent sentences. I see that his um, his shadow press conferences or whatever he was doing, you know, his bit to explain how he would handle the coronavirus crisis in juxtaposition to Trump. Those are already gone. I don't know if you caught some of those gaffes this week, but um, but good Lord, like as someone I, I enjoy a good Joe Biden chuckle as as much as anybody. And I have throughout the duration of this uh, campaign season. But it is getting to the point for me where I, I'm starting to feel more more bad than than laughing. It's like, you know, the, the peace. It, there's just something that's missing there, something that's deteriorating, and it just makes me sad because even if I disagree with you politically, it's like you're, you know, you're an old man with a family. You got, you know, X amount of years left. I want you to enjoy them. I want you to to hang out with the grandkids. I don't want you to be on a weird uh, live stream where you don't understand the tech and you're staring off into space. And it's like, the whole thing is just becoming very sad to me. And, um, well, like I, I, was, I would just feel bad seeing a man with that kind of uh, that kind of diminished faculties thrown into jail. I'd rather him be, you know, because even with his the legal, the, he's got a lot of he's got a real nasty history and a lot of things in the closet there. But when you're talking about what what people all deserve to have come their way legally, you know, I don't also want to, you know, I want to see somebody cognizant get dragged away to jail. That's that's my other thing there. Hmm. Well, one of the most interesting conspiracy theories floated by our audience was that Joe Biden is committing suicide by campaign. That this is all an intentional effort to have him die on the stump for some, I forget how it was justified, but it was like sympathy vote for Democrats. Like they can all rally to, uh, to like rally around Joe. And then the other angle they had was that it would somehow give Hunter cover. But I wish I could give full credit to this theory because it was, you know, I love that sort of stuff. I don't know if I'm on board with like, you know, Joe Biden's suicide by campaign, but it, it, it does seem weird to the, to the, to credit that theory as much as possible. I guess what's weird to me is to watch every one of these like outside himself moments, every one of these bizarre Joe Biden moments where he's not fully there. And then Jill just comes in from off screen and kind of comforts him and corrects him or, you know, leads him off stage or whatever. And I'm just thinking like, how is it that you Jill and the rest of this family are not having the conversation with Joe, like th- just about the reality of his current condition. I, how could I have enough trouble as somebody who's totally unrelated to the man watching him do what he's doing? How would you feel if you were his wife or his son or uh, some other direct relative of him? How is it that none of these people seem to have any pushback or opposition. I don't know. Maybe they do behind the scenes. Maybe, maybe they do. I guess. It's like who, who the hell, why the hell was Rocky 
why was Rocky's trainers ever letting him go get the the shit beat out of him as much as he did in those Rocky films? I mean, I guess they all knew that he was going to come back in the end. Yeah, exactly. But not, but not, <laughs> not this. I, I really don't think so. I don't have a campaign by suicide theory. I just think that um, he's going to stay. He's going to stay in for as long as it. Uh, I think that maybe the bigger chance is that he's going to bow out. On his own, he's going to have to end his campaign on his own because the fact that he is right now technically winning by no help, uh, by no merit of his own doing, is um, is all gives a lot of credence to that that bullshit impeachment scandal that was going on. Of course, you know it it, it really does not. It makes the whole impeachment thing, aside from the fact there was no evidence, there was no crime, there was nothing brought forward in those articles, it makes it look a lot less believable if you have the guy that um, supposedly needed to be taken down with the help of a foreign country uh, losing in fourth and fifth place behind Mayor Pete. You know, it's it, it looks a little weird. So I think that he's staying staying around to give legitimacy to the claim that he was a threat at one point and he just can't handle it anymore. Mm. But um, I, as far as Bernie, maybe this is the last I'll, – I'll, I'll shift just a little bit with you. What do you sure. think about this? Joe Biden has a campaign sexual assault uh, accusation going his way. Does, does Bernie Sanders uh, take this as an opportunity to believe all women? Uh, what, what do you think? <laughs> Good question. I actually have not followed the details of this at all. I've seen only the headlines today. Mm. It, um, so Bernie doesn't have a path anymore. I mean, even if he wants to try to capitalize on this, it's just not there, dude. So I, whether he takes, whether he tries to make this a political opportunity or not, I, I don't see him being able to to win on that basis anyway. But do you know the details of the accusation? I've I've read literally nothing about it. I'm I'm trying to pick it up right here. Something from I know it's from like the '90s, and I, yeah. I saw the woman. But uh, let me see here. M A. Hold on. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. Bernie Sanders. Here we go. Um, so well, this is from Zero Hedge. The first one I found here. Joe Biden has been credibly accused, credibly accused mm. of sexual assault. And in a world where Democrats set the rules for these types of claims, she must be believed. Uh, hold on, let's see here. The woman, Tara Reid, uh, accused Biden last year of inappropriate behavior when she worked with uh, in his Senate office in 1993. Now, well, actually last April. Um, Reed says Biden touched her inappropriately when she was in her mid twenties. My life was hell, said Reed. This is about power and control. I couldn't get a job on the hill. She's given graphic podcast interview with Rolling Stones, Katie Halper, where okay. she, she tells her story, and uh, it seems like there's a uh, a little bit of. Um, well, it, it just depends on what inappropriate touching is. I mean, these days that means anything from, you know, a, a classic Joe pat on the back and a hair sniff to uh, something much more uh, intimate. So I wonder, I'm sure she probably details that on the podcast. I'll have to listen to it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, are Democrats going to abide by the believe all women? No. Do they believe all women when it comes to Bill Clinton? Do they believe all women when it comes to whoever else that ends up in any one of these sex scandals? Of course not. It's um, it's one of those. Th- it's a political weapon when it can be used opportunistically that actually has no principle behind it. And um, you know, if this if this woman has some evidence to her claims, that's uh, I'll be happy to listen to them. But that's always been the classic thing on Joe Biden. 
I mean, I don't know where you come down on that because of course we have always chronicled one of the, my favorite things to chronicle throughout this campaign season has been weird touching episodes by Joe Biden. We know the history of it with young kids and for whatever reason, I've been baffled by that too. His handlers just can't stop him from touching people weirdly. Now in fairness, he has never, at least on this campaign um, stretch, I haven't seen him like truly grope a person in a sexual way. But he's still touching in weird ways. Do you think? Um, do you think that that is abuse by Joe Biden, or is it just a guy who's too old and doesn't get it? I, I don't know. I, it, it may just be at this point that you're already hardwired to be who you are, and um, I think that's just that's just really it. And if you are losing awareness of just basic your where you are, your surroundings, I'd have to imagine that other little bit of 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 subconscious um behavior um is going to be a lot harder to 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 take control of yourself when you don't yeah. even know what what's going on around you he's got that tendency to poke people too with ed o'keefe on uh cbs he flipped oh. out at him and he poked him in the chest and then the guy at that uh, auto plant in in um michigan uh, about the ar the ar14 and you're full of shit that whole thing he had the finger in the guy's face He's like, okay, we're not going to do this. Don't tell me what to do. We'll take it outside. Uh, one of these days, maybe someone is going to take it outside with Joe Biden. Hopefully that happens before it's too late. Well, hopefully by then he'll be armed at least with a, uh, with a Biff cane. He looks, <laughs> he could be like one of the, the like old Biff with the, uh, the cane and uh, just, yeah. just going around knocking on things. And, oh, man, there's just so much. But, you know, Matt, this is why I, I love having you on and – I, I can't wait to have you back, and we, we got to do more of this as the year goes on because there's there's I, I can't wait to break through where we are right now and actually yeah. be able to look back in retrospect and see what went right, what went wrong, and 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 how to learn from this all. Because whereas we are left in the dark on so much, there are people out there in control that are putting things into place and seeing what they can get away with as well. So we have to be able to. Um, Keep the conversations lively and and logical and 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 I'm and I'm so glad you came on tonight, man. It's it's really been a pleasure. Of course, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun, and I, I hope we can maintain the relationship. So so thanks for having me. Much Absolutely. appreciate it. Now, now, what's going on? Give us a, a little bit of a preview. Of what's going on in your channel? Anything? Uh, sure. Live stream. Let us know what's coming. Yeah. Up. So I do. Uh, if if you're totally new to me, I do two in uh, solo videos a week uh, on a single topic. They're usually posted Wednesdays and Saturdays, and they're roughly ten minutes long. That's kind of the breakdown on Dan Patrick you were referencing earlier. I'm doing a couple of those a week, and then once a week. Uh, every every Sunday night, I work with my co-host, uh, and we do. Um, we do a, a weekly podcast that's usually about two hours long. We go live like you, and we, we've got our li a lively audience ourselves, and it's more of a fun kind of uh, community thing and breakdown of the week's news. And we're doing a call-in show on Wednesday nights, too, and that's a, that's a really informal thing. But uh, if you're interested, if you, you, know, if you want to check it out, um, com is my website. That's where you'll find all my stuff. My name is long, but it's Christian like the religion, S-E-N, Danish spelling. Very proud. MattChristensenMedia.com. There you go. Well, Matt Christensen, it has been a great, great honor having you on tonight. And send my best to your a significant other over there. Biggest fan of yours. Yeah. I can't believe it. It's just so great. She's, she's been listening to you longer than she's been listening to me. So that's a feather in your cap. Hell yes. She's probably screaming in the other room right now. Yes. <laughs> and uh, happy, happy early birthday. 
Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, next Thursday, it would be great to uh, to have everybody turning in next Thursday. It's always going to be a good time when I have family and friends and just take a break from all this stuff. Yeah. So I we'll, we'll put that on the uh, sure and count. and and stay safe through Corona Apocalypse, man. I know you're in the belly of the beast. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, me. I'll go for a jog. Everybody else seems to be doing it. <laughs> Get arrested. <laughs> have a good all one, right. my friend. Thank Thanks, you so man. much for the time. 